Welcome to the 13th season of Delving Into Dance. This is a special season made in collaboration with the Australian Ballet to profile some of Australia's leading choreographers and dance companies who are part of the DanceX program, taking place in Melbourne between the 20th of October and the 1st of November, 2022. In this episode, I speak to Dahlia Pigram, co-artistic director of Marugeku, and I started by asking, when did dance start? Well, for me, being from uh, a small town in Broome, uh, in the northwest of Australia, growing up with, um, you know, culture around you is, um, is you know, a given. <laughs> um, we're, we're immersed in in cultures from everywhere. So I think my beginnings in dance um, have been <clears throat> really affiliated with my uh, uh, cultural background, um, that being of Yaru, Bari, uh, Malay, Filipino um, heritage, which uh, kind of here in Broome, we've been able to celebrate those um, cultures um, in the in the way that the cultures have had to coexist with one another for many generations so being you know it wasn't uncommon to be brought up learning Japanese obon dance or <coughs> you know watching certain traditional dance for uh, for particular ceremonies so my first introductions to dance have been, have really been cultural um, in high school and and in primary school, my interest in moving um, uh, ha- has always been there, whether it was gymnastics and flipping or or dance itself. Um, so, you know, participated in your usual um, common uh, contemporary dance classes at, at the local dance schools um, and gymnastic clubs. Uh, so that's kind of where where things began, began for me. Um, but I think dance, you know, or actually, you know, delving further into movement and how, and the potential of what contemporary dance can be has, um, kind of guided me in, in a slightly different direction in terms of finding forms of storytelling and new ways of carrying cultural information and culturally informed movement, um, to help storytell, if you like, um, in in um, creative ways. That sounds really interesting. I think a lot of like contemporary dance quite often is like the first form that, you know, maybe people learn or, you know, classical dance, but to have that kind of uh, experience in a range of cultural dances must really inform your practice now, kind of uh, overlaying contemporary dance or those different modes of storytelling. Yeah, and not to um, devalue, but uh, I think being kind of introduced or exposed to different ways of looking at moving bodies, dancing um, from an early age uh, and not being a master of any, (laughs) if you like, um, but appreciating that bodies move differently in contemporary forms um, has has uh, an ability to look at dance in in a different way from that beginning so I'm kind of happy I didn't get the strict you know western ballet dance kind of um, practice drilled into me from an early age that that didn't happen 
Um, however, I did walk the reef and, and learn parts of Malay martial arts and um, things like this that actually, you know, connected with the life I, I lived um, more sensibly in dance and movement um, now that I look back. And you're still based in Broome, that's correct, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, born and bred here and all my family come from this region, yeah. I think that must be a really nice context as well in terms of making work because so much, I guess, art is seen quite often as being placed in the city or people leave, you know, the places they grew up to create work or to create a living in this you know, whatever we do, art yeah. stuff, creative stuff. So it's really nice, I guess, to keep doing that yeah. on country and where you've been born and grew up. Yeah, and again, I think that's just really the fabric, the cultural fabric and, and richness um, of this region, of the Kimberley region and Broome in particular, being exempt from that wide Australia policy and having so many different cultures having to find a way to coexist with one another over generations, um, you know, including appreciating each other's languages, dance, um, stories, festivals, all the rest, um, you know, that's quite a melting pot of, of um, information that, that young people, generations have been brought up with that um, kind of, you know, are very thankful for that because the rest of Australia could have been like that a bit earlier. <laughs> I remember visiting Broome and the the cemetery and just the different kind of parts of the cemetery and just the different, I guess, practices around burial that were observed, um, you know, those kind of things which you don't see in other parts of Australia. Yeah, and those things that acknowledge, you know, the, the difference but also the respect that that's fine to, to have difference within community. And I think, you know, I never really had the urge to leave home. <laughs> um, of course I did to study further uh, with uh, musical theatre um, through WAPA, a, a course that was uh, developed to kind of uh, develop uh, Indigenous artists for uh, productions like Brand New Day, uh, written by Uncle Jimmy Chai, um, and facilitated by Michael Leslie, who was you know, at the forefront of many of our Indigenous platforms for dance um, and yeah I think being introduced to the power of storytelling um, and the forms that people were using um, allowed me to you know adapt the way I look at that or actually I had examples to look at like Brand New Day and Corrugation Road and um, other amazing pieces that have come out of the Kimberley the region that I live and grew up um, that you can kind of start to see the potential for the, our stories being told by us um, with these forms in a way that can speak to, a, to the wider um, Australian communities. Can you tell us a little bit about the Kimberley? Because I think for a lot of people it will be maybe a part of the world they haven't explored or they've seen photos of, but can you just give us a bit of context? Yeah, I mean, I'm not good with... Uh, you know, measurements and things in terms of how many kilometres and things, um, how far it stretches, but um, to kind of give you a, a perspective of um, there's at least 35 different language groups um, within, a, you know, this northwest region. Um, 
that like Broome's closest town is Derby, two hours away. Um, and then the next biggest kind of centre is probably Kununurra with Fitzroy in the middle. And that's about, you know, a seven hour drive away. Um, and then you've got the, you know, saltwater and freshwater places. You've got quite diverse um, country, um, but, you know, very strong, um, strong in language, strong in dance and culture being passed on, but also threatened with, um, you know, the, the kind of modern uh, world that we, we are living in. There, there's things that are threatening um, the survival of those things, but, uh, you know, very, very strong and determined communities that are doing everything they, they can to hold on to um, all of those important things. And can you talk a little bit about Merogeku and your company and how that works, um, you know, and the type of work you make? Yeah, <laughs> it takes a bit to explain. Yeah, um, Merogeku has such a big story. It's, you know, we're in our, I think, 27th year. Um, actually, Michael Leslie, uh, who I spoke about earlier, um, uh, Gamilaroi, uh choreographer, um, had the idea to, to invite Stalker Theatre Company um, as well as Indigenous artists like myself um, from small towns and other regions in WA to collaborate to make a show about the Mimi spirits of Arnhem Land. Um, he had many years before seen the form of stilt uh, dance in Africa in the 70s and thought that that was um, a, a, a beautiful form that could depict the, the spirit world of, of Arnhem Land. Um, and we all collaborated together um, to make a piece for Perth Festival, so we were commissioned into existence back in, oh, I don't want to get it wrong, but I think it's 94. Um, and we began, we had to kind of, there were so many people, different types of people working with one another, uh, with the Gunwinkle people of um, Arnhem Land, of, of a place called Gunbalanya, uh, working with the elders and the songmen and the dancers of that that community to help find the right way to um, tell the story of the Mimi spirit. Um, so lots of careful listening to one another, lots of um, learning and reciprocal learning going on, not just from those with uh, the professional ability to make performance, but those with the cultural knowledge. Um, and in those early days, I was like 18, so very young. Um, and we were all at different levels of, of our learning. We began to learn together, sit in circles, sit and talk and listen to um, what we reflect back on now was quite, um, it was like reconciliation and action, you know, we're working through lots of, pro uh, not just problems, but um, you know, the way that we see the world and the way that um, Australia's lack of recognising um, uh, Indigenous ways of knowing and being uh, was, was um, present. Uh, so we grew out of that, that project. We started with that project and little did we know we would go on to make 
further work and 27 years later we're very committed to um, continuing to find new forms of storytelling to to kind of um, be a be a response back to our our um, communities and our country and the world <laughs> um, in in sharing Aboriginal perspectives and ways of knowing and being through dance and theatre. Yeah, there's a real sense of truth telling in a lot of the work and I guess the conversations that you're having and that the company is very political in the way it tells stories and I personally think art and culture is a great place to have dangerous conversations and have (laughs) you know conversations that bring people together for sure uh, maybe change minds or perspectives and it seems that that's a kind of a central feature of a lot of the work that company creates yeah I think we definitely work from a from an indigenous foundation and and when we say that we mean like those that are guiding or shining a torch ahead of the journey for us are, are those Indigenous leaders that um, uh, are able to kind of put a finger on the pulse of, of, of what are the things that need to be discussed right now. And often we're speaking with my pop Patrick Dodson, who's patron of the company, but um, has worked on many projects as a, as a cultural dramaturg. Um, and uh, and other leaders like June Oscar and, and in the early days, of course, Thompson Nilidiri from uh, the Gununku people. And we've learnt an extreme amount. Um, just just making work together um, is, is, you know, is uh, not just about fun and games. It's, it's hard yakka as well. <laughs> yeah, and bringing in all different perspectives as well and trying to honour all those different viewpoints as well, I imagine, uh, must be a big part of the collaboration as well. Yeah, it's um, it's a kind of honouring of each moving body or creative mind that, that has been invited to collaborate with us. We, we value everyone equally. But, you know, of course, each person has a role to play in the team that's been created. Um, but no one is... Um, you know, less valuable than another. And of course we give, um, you know, like uh, we kind of create like a family. If, if um, someone needs more support in a particular area, we need to find the way to, to give them that. And if it's cultural learning or if it's professional learning or if it's um, whatever it may be, we, we need to help one another to find, um, you know, and do, do create, do the work that that needs to be done um but we've worked with some such amazing artists across the many years that um all contribute to what marigeku is i wonder in terms of how the work translates when it moves you know across you know countries and takes place in different contexts and in different locations does that change the reading of the work or does it always feel kind of really embedded in place or really embedded in, you know, where those stories have emerged or the explorations yeah, think, have emerged? I think the challenge has been to create these processes that we can carry country with us. So whether we're, you know, performing internationally or, or you know, on on other um, people's country here in Australia, we, we're carrying part of 
that process is always with us. So if it was a production that's um, had choreographic um, processes that have been out on a specific site or a place that, that has given us um, material, we, we carry that with us. We, we actually practice that um, through our labs and um, and in our choreographic pr uh, practice when, when creating material um, and often are doing it to just bring it into a studio, let alone someone else's country. Um, and then I think that power of dance and, and kind of challenging an audience to feel what you're trying to convey or what you're trying to express um, is part of the magic that, that you know, through movement and, and, and um, theatrical devices uh, you're able to create these spaces that allow you to come at the information as complex as it might be um, from feeling rather than logic and and or you know something that's scripted so that you you are you know what to feel at what point <laughs> um, so I think that's kind of the power of the kind of dance that we try to create is something that touches people in in a meaningful way um, that sometimes they may not know why they're crying or why they're laughing or why they're responding but but it's something that's felt um, and I think that's something that we aim aim to do. In terms of I guess the time in which you've made work as a company and the conversations that are happening more broadly in society do you feel like things are shifting or things are changing or yeah I guess I guess where the work is placed in the world you know does that make sense as a question yeah well we've just literally come back from touring uh Europe for uh for the first time since COVID um we would have been regularly visiting um had not the pandemic happened <laughs> um but we've just returned from uh Germany and and Venice in Italy and um, had a chance to, you know, you know, dust off the the rust and 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 check out what um, audiences think of our work, um, and we we received all kinds of feedback. Um, most of uh, the audiences over there have a limited um, kind of viewpoint of Australia, and and the, that particular show that we took looks at um, Australia's fixation in incarceration, um, our newest piece, Jurungunganga. Um, so it's not the easiest, it's very complex. Um, and of course, there's subject matter that, that if you're in Australia, you may know about, but if you're not, it, it might be something that um, is hard to, hard to connect with. However, the, I think the dance, the, the strength of the dance and the, and, and the theatrical devices we use to, to kind of create these um, uh, solidarity really through and dance as resistance and, and um, you know, movement that can speak up and stand up for people, but also, you know, embodying the fear itself of, of um, of what we create here in Australia as dehumanising spaces for other humans. Um, and those kinds of things can be felt on a human level no matter where we perform it. And so we had a lot of feedback that um, connected with that, the feelings that they 
you know, the feelings of, um, you know, empowerment as they walked out or the feelings of, um, of the hurt that they feel um, for the, the ones that are uh, most marginalised communities, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Dancers resistance is such a <laughs> strong statement, really, really, really powerful. <laughs> so wondering if you could talk a little bit about the work uh, that you're bringing to Melbourne as part of DanceX with Australian Ballet. So it's a solo work. It's um, a so- my first solo, um, which premiered back uh, at uh, Dance Massive in 2013, um, followed by a broom season um, that year and has been touring all around the world and the country and to very remote uh, and regional venues in the Kimberley and other places. It's a work that's called Gurer Gurer, um, which is named after a a small bird that calls to tell you when the tide is turning. Here in Yaru country, um, we have this little bird that is a wader bird. It it calls out a little, Uh, tweet (laughs) that uh, tells you when the tide's about to turn to kind of give you that warning to get to higher ground and in a conversation with my pop Patrick Dodson and discussing you know where to start to make a solo (laughs) um, he he kind of compared my work in um, trying to help uh, revitalize language here in in the in my region and for my um, Yaru community um, but also working with elders to to create that kind of um, conduit between those that are that, you know the the future leaders and the and the ones that we were we are losing. Um, and he he felt that the work that I do both in Marageku and and in my community are akin to that little bird that calls to tell you that that it's time to to act. <laughs> Um, so we, through the work, I look at um, uh, the historical uh, information about this place, like being exempt from the the white Australia policy, and how those of mixed race um, here in Broome were were treated or regarded um, as kind of better servants, if you like, than 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 just Indigenous people, um, and that uh, you know to have your family and your own people being spoken about like that is quite confronting. So you, so it's me working through that, but it's also looking at metaphorically how the tide is turning for our community here, like some of the devastating social issues we are, we are faced with right now that are repercussions of colonisation and others, other uh, terrible things. And one of those things being crowned with, you know, the Kimberley region, holds one of the highest suicide rates in the world and this is something that um, I am not attempting to uh, educate people about because I don't uh, have that, I don't come from a place of that but I I feel it every day living in my community Um, and uh, through dance I find ways to express my concern and my hurt and my longing for um, our next generation to dig deep and find the resilience and strength that our old people and, and we have to to get through these challenging times. 
um, and find that higher ground, really. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine also doing the work since 2013, that it must also be quite confronting that the, the issues are still all there and still very present. So the context of the work is still very real in that sense. It's, yeah. Yeah, and I think you said it earlier, you asked about how does, you know, how does it change over the over time and things like that and that's exactly right you reflect back and you go have have those rates improved have you know are there more f- places of um that are being destroyed in in our on our homelands um for mining or fracking or you know all these things are are contributing to the state of well-being of our people um our language you know, since making this work, we've lost, you know, many full speakers of, of these 36 languages just in this region. You know, there's so many people we lose every day um, that with them goes all their knowledge, you know. Um, so it's like a matter of urgency, a continual matter of urgency, even after so many years. Yeah, there's a lot there. Like returning to the work, does it feel different or does it shift or like over that time in the different contexts, what's that like? Yeah, I've I've found that there's little things that I, I question in the work and where where they used to be a statement, they kind of question because are those things still happening or have they already been and gone? So it's con- kind of like history repeating itself. Sometimes I feel when I perform it, there's moments where I go, actually that that rings true today. It's not like me just speaking about it of of the past, you know? Um, And I think the last time I performed was at the Opera House in 2019. So it's been a a couple of years since doing it. Um, And even in that time, like, this is my first time since then <laughs> to be performing it again. Um, well, I'm coming up to, to be performing it again before getting there for Dance X. And, um, you know, I've already started to think that, you know, in in the wake of, uh, you know, not just the pandemic, but um, Black Lives Matter and all, all these other things that have since happened, you know, it's kind of, all still very very relevant is it difficult to revisit again yes it's it's um i really do have to prepare and prepare not just my body uh but my my lian my spirit uh because it's it's almost like it's my medicine um but i have to go through a journey each night with the audience um to bear uh, to allow them to bear witness to my struggle and and my community's struggle in a way that's authentic but also in a way that um, I take care of myself. And does the audience have to hold that with you or do they hold that with you? From past experience it seems that they are able to hold it with me. I think I do my best to connect with them right in their spirit <laughs> um, which is always my aim whether it's a solo or performing in an ensemble, I, that's my aim always, to connect with those sitting there that I can barely see, 
their spirit. Um, and yeah, I think they do come. I think think Australia is up for it, and I, I've been to other um, communities that have similar histories that definitely feel it also, and and can um, things resonate in you know all kinds of sites of um, where where these stories are uh, all too common. I've been living overseas for a few years and uh, going back and forth to Australia quite a lot, although that was very difficult in the pandemic or impossible. <laughs> but I was back, uh, you know, last summer and Invasion Day or Australia Day, the conversation around that seemed to have shifted so much in the four years that I'd been away. And it was quite interesting to reflect on that um, and just that, you know, it wasn't a perfect conversation, but it had improved a lot and it was just a different conversation and it felt, it did feel slowly like some things were shifting in the in the psyche, in the conversation, the quality yeah. of the conversations. That's good, good to know. I, I also, I agree. I think some of the conversations I have um, you know, in the different circles, but also what you see out there. Um, you know, people are definitely, I think, the wider Australian community are, are ready for these conversations, having these conversations. The government, on the other hand, I, you know, I, I'm hopeful that the new government will will bring some of this change that we've been asking and waiting for for so long. Um, but it is still part of a, a wider system and those systems are the things that need need to be kind of readdressed and re reimagined um, so that we can see some re- real change, you know, um, in the hearts and minds of people as to how they value one another and, and how they acknowledge each other's stories in this place. Those systems are very, very strong. <laughs> very strong yeah, just living <laughs> through the the death of the queen oh, and yeah. the whole you know the pageantry of that oh yeah and just that realization of how far in the context i am now in the in the uk we are from anything that is remotely post-colonial like yes <laughs> you know it's just so far from yes that. Yeah, you know, yeah, and that truth telling—that's not—it's just not even present in a conversation, and that need for, yes, yeah, some, yeah, <laughs> some strong conversations, I guess. Yeah, and you know, I I find you know even speaking with my pop Patrick Dodson, who's who is obviously a, a politician, but he he said it on a number of occasions that um, when he works with artists, he can he can feel and see the change that he speaks about um, almost immediately when, as we create things because we have that ability to imagine it in a different way through our body and through art and, um, you know, he, he often says, you know, an artist can write a song and that will stay with someone much longer than any, you know, lecture or, um, or you know, public speaking, speech that someone's given. Um, and I kind of always think that's 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 the freedom we have as artists to to go these places, you know, to challenge ourselves 
and our audiences through our art making um, to really make make it count, you know, um, not to waste those opportunities to convey, um, you know, a perspective or, or another way of looking at something, um, especially if creating change. Yeah, I think that's why so many people find artists so dangerous, isn't it? Because <laughs> they can question and they oh, can yeah. provoke <laughs> and they can, you know, have these dangerous conversations and create that space for people to reflect and, yeah, it's very important, very, very important. I just a final question. I was just wondering what's you know exciting you in the world at the moment. Oh, I'm. I, don't, I think in the world when you say the world, I'm thinking that was fantastic to finally <laughs> to be <laughs> yeah to be travelling again and to be you know um, participating in these summer festivals in Europe or you know like that that the vibe is 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 up and happening again. But I think back closer to home I'm I'm really excited about the next generation I, I see and have the privilege to work with some upcoming artists in our company and I just think the, the work that they're making and the work that they want to make or and what they're finding in their bodies and how they're challenging themselves is just amazing and I'm looking forward to I'm excited about the work that they will make in the future um, to to speak and share um, share on their stories and, and, you know, their perspectives. And, you know, I think dance, when I'm sort of speaking about the dance sector here, because, um, you know, I don't know, dance can fall into the trap of being or looking like one certain way and, and that should never happen <laughs> because there's so many options and there's so many... Um, forms that that you can feed from and if if we honor the the person moving <laughs> with everything that makes them move I think um, we'll we'll uncover some some special stuff for the future thanks for listening you can find a list of episode notes and links on delvingintodance.com where you can also find a large archive of previous episodes, including Raphael Bonicella, Meryl Tankard, David McAllister, Stephanie Lake, and many more. This special season has been supported by the Australian Ballet for the Dance X season taking place in Melbourne, Australia, from the 20th of October to the 1st of November, 2022. I hope you get a chance to check it out. Until next time, take care.